Hi, everybody. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York and um, really happy to be here tonight. Um, thinking a lot, you know, about so the topic tonight that I'm going to talk about is strengthening spirituality. And, you know, I am going to give some of my own like tips, things that I've done and things that I have noticed are, are um, helpful in others that I've worked with and others that have had longstanding recovery. Um, and I'm gonna give a little background about, you know, this spiritual kind of thing, you know, this idea, it's, it's a funny word, like this spirituality. And we come here, not really sure, many of us, not really sure what, what do we mean by spirituality in this program? Like, you know, if you came here with a religion, you're like, but wait, I'm religious. How come this, that hasn't worked? And, um, or, or you come in, you're like, I'm not religious. How am I going to get this? And, you know, I think it helps initially for just to sort of like understand why this focus on spirituality. And we're told in the book that because we only have two choices, like that's it. That's all that's going to be for us. Um, I came here like most people um, in a, um, in a real dilemma. I was like really backed for me. I was backed up against the wall. That's what I felt like because all the other options that I had been employing, all the other strategies were failing. And, and I knew that they were failing. And in my mind, I knew that they weren't going to work anymore. And I couldn't keep myself from like, I kept trying things over and over that weren't effective. And, um, and I was really out of options. I was, I was, my back was, I, I'd say my back was against the wall. And so why do we focus on spirituality? Because we only have two choices. It's do or die. Like that's really what we're told. And, um, you know, when I was clearly out of options, I surrendered for me, I surrendered my arrogance because I had arrogance. I had an arrogant kind of um, disposition. And I, and I think in, there's a solution on the bottom of page 25, it really says it perfectly, that we were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual help. So here was my choices. I had one choice, either try to eat myself into a coma, like a state of not being alive. Cause that's what it means. Like my life was so, like impossible that I either was gonna eat to numb, I was just gonna keep on eating so I don't experience living while I'm alive, right? Um, or accept spiritual help. So that's why we focus on spirituality. You know, for me, it's like, I say there were two doors and the hallway that was in between those two doors fell out from underneath my feet. There was no hallway anymore. And it was like, either I was gonna go this way or that way. And, um, and that's like the best spot to be in, at least for someone like me, because at that point, I, you can surrender arrogance, right? You can easily surrender arrogance. And, you know, so here's the thing, can't we just, how about 
spiritual growth? Like, how about we reach spirituality? Um, can't we just maintain it then? Like, won't that be okay to just maintain our spirituality? Um, but the big book um, into action on page 85 says, yeah, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for a fall if we do. So of course with us, we know easy is not better. Like, I don't know about you all, but I have not found that easy has worked for me. Like the easier, softer way, you know, I wanted like OA light, you know, the OA light program. Don't give me easy. Give me, give me like, give me soft and mushy. Um, it never worked for someone like me. So easy is not better, right? Easy is not better. Shortcuts are not better. And is it hard to maintain, you know, a commitment to the spiritual program of action? It can be if you don't completely give yourself over to this way of life. You have to completely give yourself over to this way of life. And if you rest on your laurels, meaning you sit back and you start taking credit for the good results that God is giving you in your life, if you start thinking, if you start believing that you're the power source, you're headed for trouble. That's what it means to rest on your laurels. And um, I won't continue to enjoy these gifts if I start thinking that I'm the creator of these gifts. And that's why I need to grow spiritually. And I've seen it, I've, I've had unfortunate opportunity to witness it and, and others who, they start experiencing great benefits of recovered and then they start resting. They start thinking, okay, now I'm good. Now I've got it. And, um, and that's not so like that doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, and that's how people fall. And in the big book, the family afterwards on page 133, it says, we're convinced that a spiritual mode of living is a most powerful health restorative. So if you want to restore your health, a spiritual mode of living, these are some things that should motivate you. Like why spirituality? Well, you're either going to die if you don't do it, right? You're either going to go back into the disease if you don't pursue it and your health is going to fail miserably, right? Like you're not going to have very good health if if you don't, and we were here because we want optimal, whether physical health, mental health, right? We want, we want restorative health. Um, okay, so now what is spirituality, right? I'm giving you like all these reasons why we're gonna focus on it. Okay, what is it? What does it even mean for us here? And then the AA 12 and 12 on page 106 to 107, it asks that question. What do you mean when you talk about a spiritual awakening, meaning spirituality. What do you mean? And, and this is a common question that says they ask. People ask like, okay, what is that? Well, maybe there are as many definitions of a spiritual awakening as there are people who have had them. But certainly each genuine one has something in common with all the others. So here's what's in common. And these things which they have in common are not too hard to understand. So guess what? It's not gonna be really hard to understand what we mean by spirituality. They're gonna make it really clear. Here's what it is. 
When a man or a woman has a spiritual awakening, when they grow spiritually, the most important meaning of it is that he has now become able to do, feel, and believe that which he could not do before on his unaided strength and resources alone. He has been granted a gift which amounts to a new state of consciousness and being. He has been set on a path which tells him he's really going somewhere, that life is not a dead end, not something to be endured or mastered. In a very real sense, he's been transformed. He's been changed because he has laid hold of a source of strength which in one way or another, he had hitherto denied himself. So before this, this strength, we actually denied ourselves the opportunity of it. It was there all along, right? Um, he finds himself in a possession in a, of a degree of honesty, tolerance, unselfishness, peace of mind and love of which he had thought himself quite incapable that he has received, what he has received is a free gift. And yet usually, at least in some small part, he has made himself ready to accept it. So here it is, what does it mean? You can do things you couldn't do before. Like check, I can do things I can't do before. You feel different than you once felt. You just feel different inside. You know, do you find yourself believing in this whole new way? Like suddenly you just believe this whole new way. Are you certain that these changes are something you didn't actually create? Like you just get this sense inside, I didn't do this. This was done to me, not by me. Um, do you feel like you're actually going somewhere? Like that your life has meaning. There's a purpose to, your, to you. Are you joyful? Like generally joyful and purposeful living, like a life where you feel like you've got a, like a mission and you're excited about, about, you know, being a part of that mission. And I would say like, when we share that, um, you know, God launches search and rescue missions for us. And that when we've been rescued on one of these missions, we want to be a part of someone else's rescue. Like, it's not just a line, it's not just BS. Like you actually feel it inside. Like I wanna do this. You know, speaking on, speaking before people, greatest joy, working with others, it, it's exciting. It lights you up so that your life feels joyful and purposeful. You know, do you find yourself just more honest? Like really okay with being honest because you have faith. Like if I'm honest, God's gonna take care of it. Like it's gonna be God's will. God doesn't want me to walk around being a liar, right? So are you calm, mostly calm? Do you feel loving? Like this is what it means to, to have spirituality. This is the real definable terms for us. And I have to say, yeah, I'm generally calm for the most part, you know, I don't get worked up as much anymore over things and actually feel more love. Like I, I, 
I'm experiencing it right now. I have, um, I have a class this year and so far lots of people have told me in the building what a handful they gave me this year. I've heard it over and over again, which is so unhelpful. <laughs> like, like somebody came in today, pointed to one of my kids and said, are you having any trouble with this one yet? And I thought, oh, I know. I thought, oh my goodness, what a great way to set me up to have a trouble with him. Because now my eyes are looking to have a trouble with him. But I'm actually feeling, I feel spiritual. I am falling in love with those kids. Like I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, he's so adorable. And that's God doing for me that which I could not do for myself. And I have to say for me, it's very much tied in with my prayer practice because I pray in the morning for my students. I pray not for patience. I don't want to have patience for them because what I've noticed is when I pray for patience, my spiritual growth means I'm going to get many more opportunities to practice having to be patient, right? I'd rather pray for love. God, help me fall in love with them. Help me see the adorable. Help me see the cute. And then if I set out with that intention, it's good use of the will. That is where I get to employ willpower. Remember, we can't use it where food is concerned, but you bet I can use it in finding the good in people. Um, and so I do say like, this is my spiritual growth. It's, it's actual, it's um, a spiritual life is not a theory. It's not just done on a hilltop. You know, for me, I don't grow spiritually on the beach. It's beautiful. I love times on the beach, but my great spiritual growth is like when I'm given a class full of handfuls, we're going to have a class full of handfuls. I seem to grow spiritually or when there's a problem, when life, I say, when life gets lifey, I tend to grow more spiritual. I tend to use that exercise, that muscle. And so, um, are you feeling that way? Are you feeling more loving? about your mission, about your charge, whatever that may be. You know, these are my examples. And it says here, we each have our own particular way that they manifest themselves. But I would say, you wanna grow spiritually, start looking at your occupation and start asking yourself, where can you invite more love? Where can you invite more honesty? Where can you ask to be calmer? Where can you feel more joy? Right? Where can you act in a more purposeful manner? And that's where you can grow spiritually as well. That's my tip, right? For growing spiritually, look at your job, look at your occupation, look at your family, look at your home, wherever you're placed, ask yourself, can you have a spiritual awakening in that role today, whatever that may be? You know, I, I one time got, when I was originally doing like this research for this idea of spirituality, um, I got a text from somebody who I had spoken to earlier in the, in, in the particular day that I was working on this. And she had called me and this particular woman was saying she was on the fence between doing something that she knew was right which was practicing integrity and following God's will. Like she was in a, she was sort of in this dilemma or doing what she wanted. She was like, I don't really want to, but I know that I'm supposed to, but I really rather do this. And she just sort of, I don't know, she just sort of found herself calling me and texting me and sharing with me. And, um, and we had a conversation 
And we discussed like the importance of when we ask God to present his will for us, we also ask for the strength to carry it out. And if it's practicing integrity, then it's his will, right? And I can ask for the strength to do it. Um, and so what was interesting was, um, you know, for her, as it turns out that doing what was right meant she was actually participating in a professional training, which um, the topic for her was suicide prevention. And, and so we discussed, it sounds like it must be pretty important that you participate in this and not just do what you want. Like, it sounds like it's a pretty other centered task. And usually when I'm stuck between like, I wanna grow spiritually, is it, hmm, spend more time doing what I want or doing something that might benefit more people? Usually my own spiritual growth is gonna be in favor of the thing that's gonna help more people, right? That's really how we grow spiritually. So um, while she was in this particular thing, I said to her, hey, do me a favor, look for something interesting that you learn there and share it with me. That was like a little way of accountability. I said, like, I'll help, like, I'll help support you in this endeavor of doing this thing you don't wanna do, but you feel like you should. And maybe you can bookmark it with share something that you learned that you think might help me, right? So she did. And funny enough, what she sends back to me is they started talking about the topic of spirituality and the importance of spirituality in suicide prevention. And she had no idea that I was actually working on this topic when her text came through, which is, I think, hilarious. It's exactly to me it told me that I took a break from like doing my work because the phone rang and it was her, right? And I answered it. And then she in turn wound up sharing something back with me. And what she shared with me was this little quote that they told her about spirituality. And it said, spirituality is the divine mystery of life, how one feels a part of something greater. And I was, you know, and for me, that's it. Like, it's this mystery. I can't understand it, but I feel a part of something greater, right? And that it's done like, you know, sometimes in the most mundane tasks, we actually get to experience being a part of something bigger. Um, you know, spirituality is also, it's got another definition and it means the deepest values and meanings by which people live, you know? And so um, there's another meaning to spirituality and it's the process of awakening from ordinary, like getting awake, waking up. And I have a friend who I've heard recently share that she's had this spiritual awakening where she feels like the way she lived before was she was really dreaming she was awake and she wasn't really awake then. And that really explains it for me. That is how I feel today. Like the way that I lived before sort of felt hazy, like I wasn't really living. And now today it's like, I feel like I'm really alive. And, and that's what it means to have a conscious, a conscious contact, like an awakened contact. Um, 
And so it means the process of making the mind free from fears, worries, and nonstop thinking, and instead experiencing inner peace and bliss in one's everyday life. So isn't that beautiful? Isn't that sound like something we would wanna strengthen that we can experience bliss in everyday life? That means I don't have to go, you know, to, to Tahiti. <laughs> right? To feel blissful. I don't have to go to like, you know, incredible places or, um, you know, I always think about the beach because I just love the beach. I don't have to go to the beach to feel that state of peace and bliss in my life. Um, you know, and so spirituality is also awakening to who God had created me to be. It's waking up to becoming the woman or man for some of us to who God had intended us to be. And then there's a solution, page 27, it says this. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. So spirituality could be defined as godly directed ideas, emotions, and attitudes, and that these godly directed ideas guide our lives now, and now those dominate us. God-directed domination, right? Rather than like Melissa will domination, right? Or diseased will domination. Um, and I like to define spirituality like this. This is how I think about it. If faith, we talked last time, I talked last time about faith. So if faith is my internal beliefs, right? Faith is that internal thing that I feel inside, that I believe inside. Then spirituality is the external demonstration of these beliefs, right? So it, to me, it's faith in motion. Spirituality is faith with legs, faith with arms, right? Faith with mouth. It's faith in motion. Um, and so if my belief is that now I'm in the world to play the role God assigned me, which for us, we've got a specific role. It's to fit ourselves to be of maximum service. That's what it is. Then spirituality is going out there and being useful. That's what it means. You wanna grow spiritual, start being useful. That's my tip for spiritual growth, right? Start being useful. And, and it could be done right in the here and now. You could say to yourself, well, I'm not recovered yet. How can I do this? How can I be useful? Million, there's millions of ways. Open up your mind. But I can make real easy return calls, call people, work, call newcomers. If you got a little time in, pick up the phone and call someone who doesn't. Think of someone who's further behind than you, someone who's new. You know, helping 
you know, helping long timers reignite their passion. If you're newly recovered, go to a meeting where people have been there a long time saying the same old stuff. Go there alive, light up. You know, I have to say that I find my strength, my spirituality strengthened when I see people who a week ago were sobbing, light up, smiling, nodding, their eyes look different. That's, I mean, that's, you're doing service. If your camera's on and you're smiling today and the last time you were here, you weren't smiling, you're actually bringing spirituality to more people today. And we feel it, we feel it, which is why I always say like, put your camera on because you're helping one another. We help one another. We, we can't do this in isolation, right? We need to see each other change and grow. We help one another. We get to see God's miracle. It's a miracle for us to witness. Um, so working with others on page 98 says he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Okay, so again, we're gonna talk about demonstrating. Spirituality is action, it's motion, it's movement. Argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. All right, so to strengthen your spirituality, don't argue. Stop arguing. Stop finding fault with others. It's especially important in situations where it's tempting to have your voice heard, where you are right, where it's justifiable, right? I need to refrain from pointing out that I'm entitled to get my voice heard. Like, I have to stop doing that. It reminds me, you know, of a common 11-step prayer and, and meditation that we do in the St. Francis prayer, which, of course, prayer and meditation is a big part of our spiritual growth. We know that. And, but it's taking that prayer and meditation and then really employing it and using it. And so in the St. Francis prayer, it says, we don't need to seek to be heard loved or understood. In fact, my spiritual path demands that I do the listening, that I do the loving, and that I do the understanding. And none of those require me getting my voice heard in a situation where I feel I'm right, right? It's better that I listen. It's better that I listen. It's better I love. It's better that I show understanding. Step 11 in the AA 12 and 12, it goes through the St. Francis prayer in depth. And there's so many beautiful meditations to do with this. I urge you, like I'm not gonna go read through that right now, but please take the time, open up the AA 12 and 12. If you're not sure how to meditate and you're like, I don't really know how to do it, um, check out what it says, how to meditate on the St. Francis prayer. It is, you know, the book is full of, of clear direction. It will tell you directly how to do it. And it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful practice of like picturing yourself on the beach, breathing in, saying one line at a time, really allowing yourself to like absorb it. Um, yeah, again, I'm going to urge you like it's a beautiful thing to do. Um, in, in the book book, though, how, and um, how it works on page 63, it says this, we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person. So now it's talking about step three. 
And this is a spiritual step. And they're, they're telling you, do this with other people, do it with other people. Um, a spiritual step, what spiritual step are they referring to? Well, if you go to the paragraph before it says, we're now at step three, where many of us told, said to our maker as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And it says, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. So taking a third step is one way that we can grow spiritually. And, and it works for more than just the person taking it for the first time, but for the one who's receiving it. And I love the practice of having sponsees take that third step reading and read it in the eye. And then, um, you know, finding three other fellows to read that to and take their third step with. And, and if you've been someone who has had the beautiful um, honor of getting to take someone else's third step and do that piece with them, you can't fail but grow spiritually when you do that with another. There's something really powerful. You know, these, this work that we do is not an independent study. It's done in community. And I love like when someone calls me to take a third step with them, it's just beautiful. I feel like I'm doing it again. I feel like I'm really renewing this, this covenant. That's what it is. It's telling God, I'm on your team. I'm on, I want what you want. I want to think what you want. I want to say what you want. I want to be what you want. I'm like, I'm team God, right? And I do it with other people. And it's like, wait, we're on this team God thing together now. I'm not, I'm not on this. It's not an isolate. It's doing it in conjunction with others. Um, my spirituality also strengthens through sponsorship and helping and particularly in the giving up of my free time. So, you know, the miracle of this service is that when it's practiced repeatedly, it does become a source of joy. People initially say, oh my God, I have to take on another sponsor. Am I gonna have time for it? And then we come to say things like, I really wanna help this other person. I'm not sure, I'm gonna try to figure out if I can, if I can have time for it. And it's because we, because that it, it's inside us. It's this joy, we want to do it. And I see heads nodding because if you've experienced that where you're like, I wanna I want help this person, I wanna to try to figure out you know, God's going to open up the pocket of time for me if I can be useful for them. Um, you know, and so we're also told, you know, if an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, you cannot survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. So spirituality strengthens through sponsorship and helping, and again, particularly giving up of my free time. And in the family afterward, page 129, it says, he will perceive that his spiritual growth is lopsided, that for an average man like himself, a spiritual life 
which does not include his family obligations may not be so perfect after all. So guess what? We strengthen our spirituality. We grow spiritually when we meet our family obligations, right? If we are fortunate enough for God to have given us a family, whether it's a mother, a brother, a husband, a child, then God must intend for us to be of service to those people. Otherwise, he wouldn't have placed them in our lives. So if your family is being horribly neglected and uncared for, your spiritual growth is lopsided. That's what it says. And sometimes, what does that mean? It means sometimes we may have to turn off our phones and tend to the needs of our family, right? Sometimes. And if you're not sure which area you're falling on, are you using your family as an excuse to work with others? Or are you using working with others to avoid your family and obligations? Get a sponsor, have a, con have a conversation with your sponsor. Chances are your sponsor will help illuminate that for you, will help discuss that for you. And it's not the same for everybody. Some people need to be told, you've had enough meetings today. <laughs> Go be nice to your husband. And some people need to be told, right? You really, you really ought to show up in service for this fellowship, right? And so this is, this is like something that, again, is not done in isolation. Um, yeah, spirituality is actions taken in a recovery community. It's not a solitary endeavor. In the AA 12 and 12 on um, page five, uh, step five and page 60, it says that going it alone in spiritual matters is dangerous. And in the big book, working with others on page 100, it says both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. So there's a reason why, I'll tell you for me, there's a reason why I could not recover alone, right? Because I tried. I actually had gone to meetings, got some directions, and I thought, oh, I can do this on my own. I'll just go and do this by myself, right? Um, here's why I could not recover alone, because I was not meant it was not God's intention for me to go do this alone. You know, human beings are social animals. That's the way God made us. And our disease thrives in isolation. You know, it's, it cuts me off from my fellow man. And I think about, you know, in Bill's story, it talks about him being the lone wolf, right? We are not meant to be lone wolves. We are meant to be humans living in community with others. And when we isolate ourselves from other people, here's what the disease does. Here's what happens when you go it alone. It lives in a lie, in a small imperfection or a mistake. And it tells us, hide it. Don't tell anybody. Shh. It goes, shh. Let's just keep it between ourselves. And those small little lies, right, grow and they become who we are. We lack integrity. We have no integrity left. And this disease, here's what happens, right? I say this thing is so cunning and baffling and powerful because 
it lets you get away with it for just a little bit, just a little bit so that there's, you do it again, right? First, it's like, mm, I won't tell my sponsor I did this. Mm, I won't tell anyone I did this. And then little by little, you're doing that this thing over and over and over again, and you're telling nobody. And the guilt piles up on you. And now you've got no sense of what's true and not true, right? And no more integrity left. And you have basically sent God off. You've like closed the door and said, no help required. I got it. I got it. And, and what we have is nothing, right? Because I cannot do this without God's help. Not, I couldn't do it then and I can't do it now. We must do it with others. So spiritual strengthening is a shared endeavor. I grow spiritually when I demonstrate my faith in action and I reveal who I am, all of me. And what happens is that the one I'm entrusting with the true me, you know, as well, we both grow, we all grow because we demonstrate for one another. When my, when, when someone, you know, who, who shares their ugly, I call it their ugly, like the things about themselves that just are like, they, you know, when they share it with me, um, they allow me in turn to share it with them. And I get, and I get, first of all, I get to feel not so alone because I, I don't feel that like, I'm the only one who feels this way. And I get to actually watch the process. I get to see, you know, and, and this, what my experience is, is that um, when we share honestly with other people, we also give them the confidence and the faith and the space to share honestly with us. We show them that um, we trust them. They in turn trust us. And that in, in that space, I feel like that's really God comes and, and solidifies these relationships as well. You know, we talk about the fellowship. That's what fellowship is. Fellowship is people who don't lie to you. <laughs> like I say, like we don't co-sign each other's BS. We tell each other the truth and we do it in a way with like love, right? and understanding, knowing that in turn, that person is gonna do it for us. Like we do it for one another. We tell the truth to each other so that, so that we can hear it when we can't hear it in our own lives, right? And I love, you know, um, it says in Proverbs, this idea about not going it alone. It says, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And that's really how we grow spiritually as well. We do it together, right? Having another person share the, their truth with us, telling us our truth back. Um, and that's part of our spiritual growth. And with that, I will pass. <laughs>